Hey, yeah. baby. I, I got to stop. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> oh, man. Hello. Hello. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Whistle Down Wind Down with Crystal and Mara, a podcast dedicated to our favorite show, Bridgerton, from Shondaland Media, streaming on uh, I'm Crystal, a wannabe librarian who loves to get lost in the story, and a Shonda Stan who constantly asks, does this make me a bad feminist? I love a good romance novel, but thought Regency era fictions were my own guilty pleasure. I now know better. And I'm Mara, a lover of British period dramas and a huge Jane Austen fan. If I could put myself anywhere, it would be in the writer's room at Shondaland to watch the magic happen. I didn't know there were others like me that enjoyed reading historical romance novels. I feel like I have found my people. All right, Crystal. Today we're talking about Bridgerton, season two, episode five, and unthinkable fate. Dun, dun, dun. So grab your glass of wine, tea, and another favorite beverage, and let's get into it. Cheers. Right, let me get myself together while we're here. Am I allowed to do this? Is there a violation? You know what? Look, 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 you know, you know, I try. I mean, I even did like the dun, dun, dun. You know what I mean? Like, I, I forgot about what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not even doing this correctly, y'all. This is what happens. What is that? What kind of wine is this? What this, are you drinking? This is from the Blue Ridge Winery in Sailorsburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. Lovely place. Meanwhile, okay. I haven't, apparently I haven't opened wine in a while because this is taking way <laughs> Girl, you gotta get that, uh, you know, that forearm wrist action. And is it, yeah, I was just about to say that. I'm like, maybe you brought it a little bit lower. Is it in the thing? Like, are you, no, it's not. It's not no. even turning in. Okay, no, now it's moving. Okay. Okay. It looks like it's just playing in here. What is happening? Did you? I'm out of sync. I'm out of sync. <laughs> okay. Either way, uh, it's a, what is this? It's a brown sugar, brown sugar, pumpkin spice, red blend. Ooh, it's really red blend. Good. I was very surprised um, when I tasted it. And I was, cause sometimes I think some of y'all do overdo pumpkin spice. I'm going to say it. Um, <laughs> I understand how pumpkin spice, pumpkin spice became like, um, it became a cereal. Uh, it was more than just for the pie. I was like, why is everyone putting pumpkin spice in everything? A, so when I saw oversaturation, it, yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was too much. Um, yeah. So when I saw it on the list, I was like, oh, I don't really think this is going to work. And then I tasted it and it was actually delicious. Um, hey, so hey, now. yeah, <laughs> so it's really good. Uh, so that's what I said. I'm gonna have today. Uh, my cup. Do that. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to uh, talk about today's episode. Oh my goodness! And I am purposely wearing my the lip bar boss lady lipstick. Yes, I'm doing a shout out to the lip bar because I love them so much. I love all their colors, but this one right here, I felt was perfect because this episode was hot it was steamy I mean people having all this little just like it's just a culmination of all these anticipation these anticipation moments just kind of coming all together for uh our our little lovebirds Kat and Anthony because honey I was like whoo I don't have enough adjectives from the dictionary right now to describe this episode. Episode five was the episode from beginning to end. I have no criticism. The the intense, the intensity between the two. Whoo, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. No, okay. I'm, a, I'm about to, give me one second. I'm gonna be, excuse me, one moment. Just. Producer, she left. Yeah, Producer, she left. you know what i'm gonna report you you just gotta sorry i'm not supposed to leave the cameras i'm telling however okay i'm telling to say y'all gonna gonna get fired today um what i did want to say is we are on episode what episode five correct yes and one thing i wanted to acknowledge is like 
it took us a while to get to a point where we were excited about the episode. Yes. Excited about the characters. Yes. Our our main character. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And I think that is like, because I know I talk about, I talk about the podcast, I talk about um, um, the show and I'm always trying to get people to watch it. Like, it's not just about the, hey, listen to the podcast. I'm always like, have you watched Bridgerton? Because I actually want people to watch it to get their response and their reaction to it. But I've been finding more and more that I'm like, hmm, the first season's better than second season. And I think, and we talked about this um, offline, about this really feeling like the sophomore album for Netflix's Bridgerton. It, this uh, is rough. We're at episode five. And it's like, we've been waiting for something. We've been mm-hmm. waiting for it. And I think part of me is excited that we finally got here, but I'm also like low-key disappointed that it took this long for there to be some level of like, like I really feel something now. Mm-hmm. Like I was waiting, mm-hmm. waiting, even re-watching it. I'm just like, dang, this took this long to happen? Like <laughs> I finally feel like, okay, we're finally somewhere. We're finally like, there's some yes. like movement happening. So there's some depth, there's some layers. Like now it's starting to feel real um yeah so i just wanted to point that out like i'm not criticizing the episode at all but it's just like just the recognition of like the different feel uh this season and and just the fact that it's not where it it was just surprising about how the flow went and how it did feel very like here and then we finally like like shot up for this episode agreed agreed so much so much meat is in this episode we're getting more details about uh, Lady Mary, the girl's mother, and how she, you know, she was, her parents found a, a proper suitor for her. And, you know, I guess, oh boy, had the bag and everything, but she, but she chose love and her, her parents could not accept it. And this, this was definitely a defining moment for Lady Mary. Uh, not only for Antony, but we'll get into that, but for Lady Mary as well, uh, because there was this big buildup for her to return back to London, return back to society uh, after choosing love. But of course, as she chose love, which was a gentleman that was below her station, and this gentleman also had a child from a previous marriage, Mm. and very scandalous very scandalous so like you said so many layers so much meat into this episode I think it's time for us to get into the quick bread is that okay with you I'm ready girl all right here we go here we go with the pour before we start okay let me make sure I see this there you go (laughs) producer come get it cheers Mara cheers That's what I'm going to start saying. When you be like, producer, come get her. Okay, let's go ahead and get into this. All right, y'all, let's get into this quick bread. <clears throat> All right. Is Anthony and Kate feeling the culmination of those secret moments? I would say yes. It's getting real steamy now, everybody. Lady Featherington will also will always look out for her family. A new family scheme has just been hatched. Benedict finds his purpose with his art. Colin is still trying to find himself, but you know what though? All of us are still trying to find ourselves. Meeting the in-laws can always be messy, but Mm. these chef fields are on a whole other level. Eloise is hanging around some revolutionary folks fall. Power to the people. Lady Whistledown is right. When duty is in conflict with one's desire, it is a perfect recipe for a scandal. Crystal, crystal, crystal. I know we kind of highlighted it a little bit, but that engagement dinner with the Sheffield, capital (laughs) M-E-S-S-Y. There was a lot going on at dinner. Oh my goodness. So... (sighs) <sighs> let's let's go ahead and start with past the scones because I'm just going to start it off by saying my favorite scenes for this whole episode 
anytime I saw Kate and Anthony in the same room, the chemistry was just off the chain. And I love the montage of the uh, anticipation moments that started the episode because it was perfect. It put us exactly where we needed to be as viewers mm -hmm. to be in Kate's shoes and lightweight in Anthony's. Because you know what? Anthony all of a sudden got a poker face in this episode. He up there acting like, oh no, all these anticipation moments didn't affect me. Next, next thing I know, this man is up here telling her like, look, I don't care how far away you get from me. I'm still going to be having all these uh, indecent thoughts about you. And I'm still going to be yearning for you. And of course, the favorite, favorite line of the episode. So we know in season one, the big line for Simon to Daphne was, I burn for you. Mm -hmm. Let's do it again. I burn for you. Okay, there we go. Uh, but in this episode, Anthony, Anthony, it is just like, you are the bane of my existence. What, the bane of my yes, existence? The bane of my the existence. The bane, okay? The oh. bane of my existence, but the object of all of my desires. Girl, if I don't know what a two-faced quarter looks like, <laughs> I know what it looks like now. Because I am split and I'm just like, oh my goodness, how can I be that way for someone else? <laughs> I, look, girl, I started thinking of my exes. I'm like, they probably thought about me that same way because I know I work someone's nerves sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, because when he said it, I know everyone that watches when he says that, your first thought is like, dang. And then you're just like, oh. And then you're like, wait. <laughs> and the camera work, the camera yes. work from one sure. shoulder to the other. And I was felt like the angel and the devil on that. Like, yes, but but that's what Anthony wants, though. What he wants is right in front of him, but mm. he's scared of it. Mm. He's scared of what it could lead to. And of course, we think worst case scenario mama mama and papa bridgerton's love but he's not seeing he's not seeing how mama bridgerton continues the love even though papa bridgerton is not there in the flesh that doesn't mean the love stops she still she still love her man she still love him she just found a new way of loving him because he's not physically there any but regardless though anthony's scared he's scared but Jonathan Bailey, yes, sir. You, every scene with Kate, even, girl, even when he jumped in that lake and he was frustrated. Did he jump in or did he, he mess himself up? Doing a little too much. Do, wait, yes, that part. Doing a little bit too much, trying to grab the sister's hand to help her out. I mean, this man was breaking his neck. That man was so jealous at that lake when he saw, uh, what's his name, Dorset. Mr. Dorset, take her on a little, you know, little small little boat ride. He yes. was livid. As soon as that man showed up, she was no. As soon as Edwina says, "Don't they make a lovely couple?" He was like, "Why is she? Who is she talking to?" <laughs> and he was complete. Actually, okay, sorry, we are in past the scones. Yes, yes, so yes. We're yes. gonna talk about it. But one of my favorite things in this episode, actually, I'll give yeah, I'll give her my third one. Yeah, but, go ahead. Uh, one of my favorite moments is again just it's all of them but it's when it's every time you see Mama Bridgerton or Lady Danbury and they're like literally here's the shot of what's happening and here's the knowing like oh heck to the no because when they're talking to him so you have Lady uh, Mama Bridgerton and Edwina Edwina mm -hmm. sorry what I, yeah Edwina yeah and yeah yeah you're good mm -hmm. okay you have them talking to Anthony. Anthony's nowhere in the picture. Edwina's lost. Nowhere. He's still trying to help her. But Ooh, Mama still Bridget, trying to help her. Oh God, yes. Mama Bridgerton is in full panic mode in that moment. She's kind of like, what the? She's like, oh my God. She's like, oh my God. Like mm -hmm. she knows mm -hmm. what's wrong. Yes. And she's like, this isn't good. And then you have Lady Danbury, who mm -hmm. I love in the first scene when after um, Kate's been fanning herself, trying to get her, get her thoughts together. Uh, when Anthony passes her rudely with that stupid little 
freaking pimp pinky. <laughs> I know that was me grunting, y'all. That was me grunting out of frustration. Right. So Go they, ahead. Gave us, they gave us that that remnant of season one with that with that the the passing hands. Um, mm-hmm. But Lady Danbury, who turns immediately and looks out the window, like I see, I see you, like. <laughs> And I was just like, oh my God. But yeah, so that would, for me, has to be uh, one of the favorite parts is just like on both sides, there's the adult, there's like the mother figure who's just like, you have to figure this out. And also yeah. like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be the one to say, to like, not do this? Like Mama Bridgerton's giving you an out and she's saying, you could talk to her, this, that, and the third. And then Lady Danbury is like, don't mess this up. She's like, think about what's going to happen. Like you, like, think about it. This may not work in anyone's favor in the end. So please like be smart. And so mm-hmm. it's very interesting to see all of those things. But my favorite part had to be like, my specifically it was Mama Bridgerton's face when she's like, realizes Anthony's not paying, not paying attention. And she looks to see what it is. And she's kind of just like, oh my God. Like, cause she, in her mind, she's like, he's been caught. Like, she's like, mm-hmm. I know everybody just saw that. But yep. here we are. Ooh. Ooh. yes 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 um i would like i would like you to to tell the people who your favorite character is because i i know yes please let the people. Uh, yes uh, no no absolutely it is anthony bridgerton mm-hmm. it is absolutely anthony bridgerton played by jonathan bailey who absolutely killed it in this episode uh from from the desperation and passion moments to when he told his future grandfather-in-law. Does that make sense? Yes, grandfather-in-law. Told the grandfather-in-law and grandmother-in-law, both of you can kick rocks. Yeah. When he he completely undressed them and told them that they could kick rocks and not only kick rocks, but you can wait outside. That was like, I was like, not not telling them to wait outside. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right look <laughs> now usually when you walk into a house you know during that era there's like the little foyer you got a little mm-hmm. nice little foyer and then you know you wait to be greeted he said no forget the foyer be outside and I don't care if it's raining or not I don't care if it's cold but let me ask you this real quick though because during this umpteenth time uh, I watched the episode. Did you see the dagger of looks that Mama Bridgerton gave yes. Lady Danbury? At yes, because I, I would, because they show you the scene of her looking at someone, and I, and she, and the, it's the best, it's the best face. Again, the facial. Girl, I mean, the, the she. In shots were like, oh. everybody was on point this this episode. Everybody was oh, ready. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Her whole face was just like really like it's. Okay, dang it. Nope, we're gonna get into this because there's a question okay. for you okay. for later, but it goes back to, it ta- It deals with that that feeling. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, so that that part right there, um, of course we talked about the intense scene between the two of them and Anthony's telling Kate, and we're seeing Anthony's vulnerability we're seeing him being honest like he's finally like being honest with his feelings and emotions and he's telling her like look I am feeling you heavy sis like heavy heavy but I know I'm engaged to your sister but I'm I'm you know I'm struggling here I'm really struggling and Kate she I think she's getting the confirmation that she had been hoping for Mm. and she because up until then, Antony had been really that poker, f- even though he has a horrible poker face, because we both know the minute he goes silent, that's his telltale sign, right? <laughs> but she really has not gotten that full confirmation other than from the library scene, because if we go a couple hours earlier in the day, when Antony and the jeweler were waiting in the day room, for uh, for Kate, Edwina, and Mary to come back from shopping, but it's only Kate that uh, that had come back to the house. And remember, they're in the day room. Yo, that jeweler was hilarious. That man is always looking for some cake. Yeah. But wait a minute, how how is it these families just got random cake hanging out? Like your baker, there's nothing. 
things like prep. Does nothing spoil though? Like does nothing everything spoil. is made fresh, Mara. Oh, I was just like, ooh. I was like, y'all better not be wasting no food. But that man always looking for a meal. But anyways, he asked, he asked for his little sandwiches. Like, I'm like, sir, you were Wait, only but he had an order though. Yes. Did, did you notice that? Like, and and like he told it like offbeat. Like he knew. He was yeah. like, yes. Two so sugars, go ahead and give me two, two of everything. Sandwiches. I was like, you asked for cake. You asked for a lemon cake slice. And you want to, you put a whole order. I did appreciate how Kate was like, oh, like not Kate. And then also again, somebody in the background, but the staff looked at Kate like, Kate, did he just ask me for food? Like he, <laughs> the, the, the staff did look at her like, like, are, are you serious? Are we, are we about to do this? And she's like, like, yeah, right, 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 right. Like she's like, yeah, she's like, but so for that scene, that scene right there, I think, is the most sweetest, innocent scene between the two because the jeweler is sizing up the potential wedding, one of the, I guess, the wedding ring. Edwina, yeah. you know, they need Edwina's finger to confirm that she, you know, that doesn't need to be altered or not. And so the jeweler finds out or asks the most, you know, innocent question, do you and your sister share gloves? And Kate says, yes. And so the jeweler comes over and I love his expressions. I love that actor. I can't, I can't remember his name right now, but I've seen him in a lot of stuff and he's really, really great. But his facial expressions and the way that he kind of enters the scene and exits the scene, is just like, you are a seasoned actor. Like, you know what to do. Um, but during their conversation, one of the, uh, what was it? One of the lines that I know is just going to completely bite them, both of them in the butt, but this time, Kate tells, you know, Anthony, you know, like they're, they're, they're talking about, you know, how, how can he continue to go through this proposal, knowing everything that happened between them at Aubrey Hall, Kate says, you know, everything that passed between us at Aubrey Hall, right? Anthony responds saying nothing passed between us at Aubrey Hall. And I looked at that and I was just like, why are you lying to yourself again? Like you're continuing this narrative that you don't have feelings for her mm -hmm. or you're trying to keep a front, you're trying to keep a strong front that there's nothing there, but yet you two got caught in the library with Daphne and you up there even asking her, tell me to stop. I'm like, whoa, pause, <laughs> good brother. Like you reminded me of a Jodeci music video right now. Like you really trying to like, really trying to seduce old girl but then you're trying to tell her like oh nothing passed between us i, I really like, thought you were going to get stuck on the fact about the little betrothal ring piece because i was like i i really hope Mara did not forget that this man came in asking her about the weather and i was like if that come ain't on that now. Ain't it, if that ain't it they're gonna act like nothing happened i'm gonna ask you about the weather and when kate said are you really going to ask me about the weather right now? I was like, that is exactly what I said before she said it. I'm like, you asking her about the weather? Like, I was so insulted. Come on. Come on. So like, <laughs> I saw it coming, though. I, I mean, like, you know, the man was never going to go directly. Anthony doesn't go direct. He's always going around the corner. This is her favorite, y'all. Mm -mm -mm. Anthony, can I tell you how I put jerk in, in my notes? <laughs> go ahead and tell me. I've been drinking my notes. Um, so the oh no, sorry. It's look, I'm looking to see if that was part of my favorites. It's not part of my favorites. It's just me like acknowledging okay. how 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 I feel about Anthony Richardson and his actions. I was like, look at this. This is man's a jerk. I love it. Um, I love it. I love so it. He, he, was, he was not my favorite character. Um, however, my favorite character had Hater. to go. I, I guess my favorite character went to uh, Prudence Featherington because Prudence. We barely saw her. Wait, what? Pr you listen. I need y'all to go and watch Prudence, who is on cloud nine after being she's now a fiance. Okay, she's out here. <laughs> a whole fiance. He's like, you can't touch it. You can't touch it. She's like, just look. Like she is loving this moment in her life. And she's playing the part to a T because the way she's the way she carries herself, she's having the time of her life. 
when they're sitting in, around in the house and she's bored, she's bored because she wants to be outside so everyone can see her being a fiance. This is boring. I want to be outside. And I love the fact that she's so, um, she's so certain and sure of herself now, right? Like we never really heard Prudence. Prudence was always kind of a quiet character. She relied on her sister. But now that she has the, think about it. So Prudence and Philippa were always to always together, right? They they only talk okay, to each other, yeah. right? They don't interact. With okay, her. okay, I see what now, you're saying. Now that yeah. Philip is gone, we don't really Prudence doesn't really have someone to um, banter with, go back to. That's why she starts bothering Penelope because she has nothing better to do. But right. now that she is now a fiance, right? She's been mm-hmm, essentially mm-hmm. proposed to, which is not really proposed to, but she's mm-hmm. now you know uh, in this predicament. Um, now. <laughs> She's now her status essentially has elevated because other women mm-hmm. are still seeking a proposal and therefore she's better than other people and she needs to let people know that. And so her though, moving around, like she's like, I think, I don't know if y'all see me, but I'm here. <laughs> she talks about, she's planning to sing at the wedding. I don't know if you heard all this. She's planning to sing at their wedding. She's trying, like, she's she's just super excited. I missed all of this, y'all. I swear, I missed all of this. When she's, when she's at the Modis and the mom's like, no, you do not need silks. You will get cotton in your trousseau. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, They gotta oh. start budgeting. They gotta start budgeting. They do. And I also love the juxtaposition of the planning for um, Prudence's wedding, right? Her trousseau and the fact that, like, they need something uh, of less dollar value and then you have the modis who's preparing the dress for edwina and then it's like oh you know the queen is the queen is like you know taking care of this no doubt and what does she say the modis is like let me get the french tool because the french tool (laughs) compared to the listen french tool costs a lot more than the cotton um so i just wanted like i just loved her her just her Honestly, just mm-hmm. enjoy Prudence in this in this season altogether. She also was just like it was great to see her come up, uh, but yeah, she was on. She was <laughs> she was on one uh, for this episode because mm-hmm. she's that B. Like she's literally like <laughs> like does everyone see me? Like uh, <laughs> she was hype. <laughs> so you know, I'm just either way. Prudence favorite character hands down. Um, and did I have anything? Okay. The only other thing I thought, and this is, I know we're wrapping up so we can go into, um, up the stuff, up the snuff. The one thing that I loved was Dorset saying, um, I wish to apologize and throw myself at your feet. And I was like, I forgive you already. Listen to that apology. Apologies and throw myself at your feet. That's it. I love it. The speak was very different at that time, but I really appreciated it. I was just like, Dorset, I see you, Dorset. I was, I I like the way he came back in. I did appreciate that. So, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, One last little shout out to Theo and Eloise. I think they're such a little cute couple. They're at, they're like so progressive and they're up there trying to, you know, be with the people. I love it. It yeah. reminds me, it reminds me of higher learning when Tyra Banks, um, I think she meets up with Omar Epps at some rally at USC. It's a beautiful scene. Just love it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Higher learning. Stop um, it, Crystal. I really don't know. You'd be surprised. John, C- John Singleton directed it. Surprise what I have not seen. Okay. Well, listen. <sighs> Um, <laughs> let's, let, let's go ahead and get it up to stuff before we get in trouble <laughs> okay yes because I actually want to it let's go from Eloise uh because here's okay. what I would like to understand or at least I, this is more so a comment um but I felt like in this episode that they did a really good job of doing again another juxtaposition of like what it could be right so it's exciting to see Eloise like find someone that meets her wit and their exchanges were like, like I love their exchanges. They are perfectly suited to each other in the way that they can banter because not everybody can banter with Eloise. But Mm-mm. the Sheffield dinner, 
to me is like the blazing warning for Eloise's situation. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. this is what could happen if you think that you can be involved with someone below your station and mm-hmm. like the ton will not take what, like the ton does not look well upon it. Right. So granted yeah. Eloise is like, she does, she could care less in many ways. She does still care, mm-hmm. but I don't think like her, her mother would like throw her out. Right. But there's still like the warning sign, I think for me of, of just like, you're seeing like what this could look like where you could be like, oh my God, they're like perfect for each other. Look how cute they are, all this stuff. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, they, they are not in the same station. And that yes. in that time, that's not allowed. And therefore yes. the result of that could be a loss of society, a loss of interaction. Like you could be mm-hmm. shunned and it may not necessarily be from your family, but you may be shunned from society, maybe shunned from your friends. There's definitely, mm-hmm. um, I think for me, consequences. A clear, a clear, yeah, a clear picture of the consequence that could happen for Eloise and, and her just not, not knowing uh, or maybe not, not fully understanding the impact. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but I thought that that was very clear in this episode and the way that they did that. So I thought, I did think that that was very up to stuff, but that happened, like her meeting this person that was um, below her station um, mm-hmm. the same day that we're meeting um, the Sheffield family who... disagreed with their daughter meeting someone below their station and falling in love with them and leaving with that man um, who had another child, like all of it. Like this was a very great way to show like this society does not not take kindly to like breaking the rules. Wow, thank you so much for bringing that up. Cause you know what? I didn't even put that connection together but I did have a question for you for season three. I'm just gonna ask it. We don't have to discuss it, but of course, everyone knows that Eloise finds out at the end of the season who Lady Whistledown is. And so I think I've mentioned to you before that I feel yes. like El- <laughs> Eloise is going to use that power. I feel like she could use that power for something. And I would not be surprised if Eloise might restart seeing Theo going oh, you think You think she'll, she'll use the knowledge of Lady Whistledown as her blackmail? Yes, so that she can continue to see Theo. And, uh, because, na- because now she's already considered ruined, so it doesn't really matter anymore. And now that she knows the identity of Lady Whistledown, Lady Whistledown will not speak on Eloise ever again. You, ooh, you, don't think, you don't think she'll ever talk about it again? No, I don't think so. Now, for those of you that don't know, I don't mean Penelope are not on good terms anymore. <laughs> See, l- l- that, that's what I would say. We don't have to talk about it, but I'm just throwing out a prediction, an early season three prediction. <laughs> but she said me and Penelope are not on good terms. We're not on good terms. Let, wait, just uh, let's hold on to that. L- let's hold on to that until the last episode. Yes, well, okay, just hold so it. In because this- it's really good. It's really, really good about your perspective. With Penelope, however, right? One thing I did note that I was like points, I, again, Penel- me and Penelope are not on the best of terms, but I said points for Penelope for the fact that when Colin said, oh, Eloise said she was going to be with you and she recovered quickly and said, oh yeah, I'm going to meet her later. Mm-hmm. Knowing that she has no idea where her friend is, but not right. trying to let her friend get in trouble. And I really right. appreciated that because I'm like, okay, your friends, like your friends will always cover for you and then get the detail later. Like, where the heck were you? Right? Like they'll come right. check you on right. what's going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. however what ends up happening later because she's obviously a very smart girl uh she finds her her um what is it lady's maid uh and and asks her she's like oh you know like she left her reticule which a little crumb for you a reticule is a hand purse like they you know, i didn't know that thank you for looking that up okay great because i had no clue that what that was so she asks mm. about it and then she tells her like, oh, like I told her that to go down to Bloomsbury. Like I told her like, that's like dangerous and all this other stuff. So now mm-hmm. she's just left the conversation and is now confirmed that Eloise has lied to her, right? Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, going back to Lady Danbury and, and Mama Bridgerton at the table, Mama Bridgerton also is sitting at the table, like looking at her friend. And again, she's yeah. looking at her like, you lied to me. You knew something mm-hmm. was going on and you did not tell me. Yep. And so what, what came up for me is just this, this feeling of like, when you've been betrayed, mm. right? By your friend, mm. people that you trust, 
Ooh, that's hard. Then, when is it okay? Because think about these two situations. Ooh. They're very different. But like, when mm-hmm. is it okay? Like, when is there like the coming back from that? Right. Yeah, girl. Ooh, deep. Ooh. I felt okay. it. I felt it today. You made up for leaving me earlier. Ooh, that's deep. That's deep. Mm. That's, I mean, that's hard to do. It's really, and you know what? I think it's case by case basis. Like if we're applying everything to real life, like it's case by case basis. Cause some, cause the, I think it, think, and everything is within context, right? Everything has to be within context, right? Cause I do not think that a punishment can be applied to each situation. Like the punishment is going to be different for each situation or however, which way the two friends try and make up for it, right? Like it's, yeah. it's going to be tough regardless because you feel hurt. You yes. feel hurt by the person that you trusted, um, that, that you were vulnerable with, that, that, that you shared your, you know, your happiness with and your fears with. And then, you know, you thought you had a connection, a really strong connection that, you know, could not be broken and, and then it breaks. it's hard I I agree with you that like it's not there's no like one right answer to it and that it also it comes down to context I think it also comes to like how willing are you to hear out the other person because sometimes you just like you're done like I don't even want to talk about it and then like you know one strike you're out and it's over right um but I think for me just kind of but one in knowing Lady Danbury, Mama Bridgerton, I'm just like, these women are adults. And I think that they'll have the opportunity, obviously, to have the conversation and mm-hmm. be able to hear each mm-hmm. other. Um, mm-hmm. I don't feel the same way about Eloise and Penelope in this scenario, only because, really? again, Penelope's not my favorite person. Uh, but I think for her, it's more so, not. it's not so much that she lied to her, but it's more so that like, the it's I feel like for Penelope it's she's more so thinking about herself in this and and not necessarily thinking about yeah Eloise yeah. In this. And right so, of course nope not not at all she wasn't thinking about uh Eloise at all Pen- Penelope was on her own stuff but Penelope was was also thinking like a businesswoman I know throw the tomatoes at me I don't care Penelope was thinking like a businesswoman. She was trying to protect her financial interests, which is continuing uh, her business as Lady Whistledown. And she sees a potential issue. And it's a very conflicting issue because this person is also someone that in her personal life is close to her. But business-wise, she could catch it just like anybody else. You know how I feel about Penelope and that pen. Um, <laughs> quick question, because this was something that came up for me, was when yeah. Eloise goes back to talk to Theo Sharp. Mm. Um, Theo, hey. <laughs> hey, When she goes back to talk to him again, like after having gone to like the rally, mm-hmm. she, um, we see that Penelope sees her. Like Penelope sees that she's there. Mm-hmm. I, so it's not until I watch it again that I'm like, wait a minute. Penelope does not have to go to the store anymore because of the fact that she has a business with the Modiste. So now I'm like, did she follow Eloise? Like, did she get, cause she was in, so she really paid somebody to take her to go follow the people. Yeah, do you of think course. She, was like stoked? It's like, she really followed what? Like you think Penelope just so happened to be on her way to the printing shop. And then she's like, Oh, there's my, my best friend and the early. printing shop I need to drop off my info at. No, because she's already got she's already got a secure method of getting her info to the Modiste. So there's no reason for her to be going you know to the print shop. You need because it was early in the morning. Was it early in the morning or early evening? In the morning. I can never tell. I can never tell. Theo makes a comment about like, whoa, like, like I wouldn't expect to see you at this hour. Like he was talking about like those morning time. Which but means the sun is just coming up. So it's also like, why are you both out here? But you can also say that for evening like, time. But no, but I mean, like, you could also say that for evening time too, because Theo is doing like, I'm assuming bringing in paper. It could be evening 
time. Like it's sunset. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch it again. Uh, I can't tell. I can't tell if it's evening or morning. But either way, though, she. So I was gonna ask you about this. Mm-hmm. Do we think? Do we think Eloise is playing with fire, consciously oh, yes. or subconsciously? Because Eloise does come from this station, but she has this privilege, and she's a she's aware of this privilege to a point. But yet she knows that she's going to an area she's not supposed to be going to. She is intermingling with people that are not necessarily within her same station. And she can potentially socially hurt others around her because someone could want to spin it the other way. Like it like is she is she taking for granted her privilege in going to the places she's going to? Yes and no. I think she's taking it for granted in the sense that she, I don't think she realizes her, like what her privilege means and how it impacts people. And so I think when you live a life of privilege, you don't know your life is a life of privilege until someone else shows you that you have a life of privilege. And you're just like, oh snap, I didn't realize that I could do that and you couldn't do that. Like there's not for her, she's just trying to go down. She thinks this is fun and cool. Granted, I'm obviously coming from a 2022 perspective, but I'm just like, this girl out here, she's about to get kidnapped. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like in my mind, I'm just like, what is she doing on these streets? Um, mm-hmm. obviously it was a different time, but she for her, it's all exciting and this is so cool and it's different. And she's finally able to like be around people that think the way that she does or like actually want mm-hmm. to have conversations. And so for her, this is like great and exciting. And it's new, but mm-hmm. I don't think she understands the reason why these people are being, are able to even have these thoughts or like to go, to go through this process or even the fact that this would, depending on who's um, watching it, this could be considered illicit, right? So one thing they mm-hmm. did reference on the, when she goes into um, the, the assembly halls was Locke's treatise or treatise whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And I didn't get to go into the detail of it, but it sounds like it was talking about a a form of government, but it was not essentially away from the monarchy is what it sounded like, because it sounds like there were two Mm -hmm. parts to the party, but essentially this one was talking about what would be considered uh, anti-monarchial government. That may or may not be a real word. We're going to go with it. It's all good, because you sound really important saying it, so it's all good. Go for it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So I love it. I love it. So that piece of it is the part where, even though this is all new and exciting, and she's like, "Wow, these people are talking this, you know, in this way," she may not realize how bad that is, like, or how dangerous that is. Particularly being that she, because of her station, is so connected to the queen, at, like it looks like it's both an image thing, but it's also like you realize that you look two faced. You look very hypocritical in this moment. Because you are mm-hmm. reaping the benefits of this monarchy, monarchy to give you to gift you power, right? And then at the same time, you're gonna go back here and be like, "I love this stuff." And then when people are upset because they don't have what you have, you're like, "Yeah, I agree." And then you go back to your house, mm. which is paid for by the land that was given to you by the monarchy because the monarchy required people to go handle not the serfdom. Was it serfdoms? Um, I don't know if this is the proper terminology. I'm mixing up history, but the <laughs> fact that we got you, go ahead for their area, essentially, like that's where they got mm-hmm. their money from. But essentially, their responsibility was like they oversaw something, which was therefore able to communicate from the crown. The crown would go down to the people that were in the charge, in charge, and those are the people that like managed entire communities, right? They were the equivalent mm-hmm. of like the governors and things that we don't now that we in a democratic society, obviously we vote people in, but in that time mm-hmm. you were given people stations. Were you were given exactly. Stations. They were assigned based on, and even then based on political gain, how much favoritism, how much knowledge, how much networking did you, you know, like how close were you to the crown to be able to be assigned these yeah. prestigious positions? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think uh, oh, Elvis realized that she's like she's she's a walking uh, 
juxtaposition because <laughs> that's my word for the day guys uh i think i've used it three times now and i'm like let go of the word <laughs> but she yeah like she does i don't think she realizes where she she doesn't realize like the kind of like what she carries essentially by being in that space or even the fact that she stands out in the space right because you walk when she walks into that space and you see her lovely blue dress oh yeah to everyone else is in browns and like like things yes. that are yes uh, the color contrast here. yes like no one in here is wearing lace or silk okay wearing glove like wearing these like white gloves these are workers. white gloves against these you know working class you know colors Yes, these are you know the browns, the blacks, yeah, the sud, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. She looks like she's like a walking ivory tower that went into you know you know a dust cloud or something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's also why Theo's face is kind of like, I love that he's kind of like, (laughs) what are you doing here? But also, he's. I think in 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 some ways he's like, yo, this girl really come here to ask me about this stupid thing. Like he's like, I feel like it's flattered. I don't know if it's flattered at first or if his first thought Thank was, you. if his first thought was like, you know, this entitled girl is really coming here to ask me about Lady Whistledown. Like she came in to find me, ask me this dumb question. Like, I think that may have been his first thought. But then when she was talking about like why she was there and he was, then I think he was like, oh, so it's because you like my stuff. They were cute. They were really cute. I thought they um, were really cute. And I also love when he's like, he's like, I'm Theo Sharp. And she's just like, I know. And then she was like, Okay, no. Like she's like, she's like, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved it. It was, oh, I this, love it. It was the one that gave you the little feels. You're just like, oh my God, you guys are so cute. Um, they're so adorable together. I love it. You are. Uh, I did want to just one little note. Um, I was a little sad when I saw Lumley congratulating Edwina and Anthony at the lake. I was like, Lumley would have been perfect for Edwina. And so it bothers me that like, now he's like, congratulations. I'm like, you don't mean that. <laughs> you don't need to be with her. <laughs> Yo, I love, look, I'm team Lumley all the time. Team yeah. Lumley and Edwina. They would have been a perfect match. And I think this goes back to my question from last time about like, do we feel bad for like, I guess part of it is also just the marriage mart and the game, but it's like, I feel bad not a hundred percent, but I feel bad for like Cressida, right? This is her second go around. Someone's courting her. She's in the process and that's like it goes south. And then Sandy Lumley, like he was in it and he was like, he was perfect. And then like, here comes Bridgerton and then boop, he's gone. And I'm like, dang, that's not fair. He's gone. <laughs> they put in so much work and it's not, it's not fruitful. I don't know. That just made me sad. Um, yeah, I just, I saw it happen and I was just like, ew, no, <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, just, gosh. I just felt bad for him at that point, but I get it. Um, another like random note, but uh, I feel bad saying this, uh, but hmm. I'm a little sad that Will is dressed in all of the scenes. Like Will showed up and I'm just like, well, Wait, what? Say it again? I said I feel bad that whenever I see Will, I'm just like sad that Will is dressed in all of the scenes. I miss Will Will being a boxer. Look, you can't remember him anymore. Oh, my baby. Oh, oh. This is very sexist and I acknowledge that. I apologize, but it's true. I miss the seeing of the Will without the shirts and also recognizing that the girls, reason why that scene when Anthony comes out of the water is so crazy is because the men are always fully dressed. So there's no such thing as like men walking around with their shirts off. So you would only ever see a man without his shirt on if that man is your partner and he's invited to your, into your room, into your quarters. Um, and even then it's not guaranteed, but yeah, I thought about that. Like, I was like, Oh, this is actually a lot. And then poor Kate, who's already been fanning herself the entire episode. Who? Poor thing. She was out here trying to fan herself with a book. You know how hard it is to fan yourself with a book? These things are heavy. You can't fan yourself with <laughs> She said these things are You can't do this. <laughs> I'm good. Did you just bust out that big book? 
<laughs> she was trying to fan herself with the book and I'm like hey stop you were tiring yourself out um when she was talking to her mother break your wrist mm-hmm. um but yeah who girl it was a lot <laughs> I it- love it I love it um let me ask you a question I've been kind of just I mean unless unless you have one do you have a, a I definitely have questions I still got more okay so this is the one I've been kind of like that keeps getting passed over the last two episodes because I keep forgetting to get to it. Mm-hmm. It is Antony. Now, of course, I feel like this question probably is working really well now because we saw the, uh, you know, we saw the very messy, dramaful, family dramaful scene with uh, the Sheffields, the Sharmas, the Bridgertons, and Lady Danbury. So we all know what went down in that scene. Mm-hmm. But my question is, is Antony interested in Edwina to get to know her or is he fueled by the constant blocking of the sister, right? Because Kate constantly has just been blocking the hell out of him. Mm. Have you ever wanted something you couldn't have? And or the only reason why you go after it, is it because you can't have it? So is Antony fueled by pursuing Edwina so hard because Kate keeps blocking it? Like, would he be going through all this as if Kate wasn't in the picture? If it was just Lady Mary and Edwina versus he's he's purposely, you know, like now wanting it so much more because he can't have it. Did that make sense? Or did I confuse you and and everybody else? My fault, my fault. No, I understand what you mean. I think that Anthony would have gone for Edwina if Edwina was the diamond. That's the reason why he went for Edwina anyway, because she happened to be the diamond. Mm -hmm. If it had been somebody else and that wasn't Kate's sister, this would have never become a thing. So if that were the case, if Edwina had not been the diamond, he would not have gone for Edwina be simply because Kate and him were fighting because Edwina was not the diamond if that had been the case excuse me so it's only because she's the diamond and the practical thing is let me do this quickly I'll find somebody and I'll be done with it the mm-hmm. issue I think that happened is like in his in his in his like pursuit pursuit of uh Edwina as his bride um mm-hmm. He's like, Kate, every time Kate kind of comes here and needles into stuff, he realizes how much he enjoys it. And, and, mm. it, just, and it just keeps like, that's what keeps building up on it. So mm. the having part is the fact that I'm trying, it's kind of like, I'm trying to do something. You keep bothering me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to do this over here and you keep coming over here. Like, you keep coming over here with your smell goods. I didn't ask for all that. Like, that's what keeps happening. Coming over here, coming over here with your smell goods. Ooh, Kate is though. Think about it. Have you noticed Kate's hair has been a little bit more relaxed? Like it's not like pent up like a governess, but it's starting to be a little bit more softer. Interesting. It's starting they more here this this round. More ringlets. Just you know, just nice subtle softness. All right. Um. Yes, I did notice that. I liked it though. I thought her makeup, by the way, like when she was in the garden talking to her mom, I was like, it was like the mother daughter scene. I really appreciate those scenes. Yeah. I know we'll probably have to come back to this next time. And hopefully we'll actually do a quick like Bridgerton bite one of these days on like IG Live. That's the plan. Oh. Okay. One, but some of us just get a little busy. Um, but, <laughs> and we, what, what's a Bridgerton bite? Let let let's make sure we share with oh, everybody. Yeah. So what a, a Bridgerton, Bridgerton bite is just a like. There's a lot of things that we don't get to finish talking about while we're in the room here, uh, and we're about to like head out of here. But, but because we always have so much more to talk about, we figured we'll like bring back like a simple topic, uh, and we'll jump on IG Live to have that conversation. Um, so I guess I can share if you're looking for us, at least my 
Instagram handle is at Crystal's Clarity, Crystal with the K, K-R-Y-S-T-A-L-S-C-L-A-R-I-T-Y. Um, <laughs> Mar, do you want to share yours? So mine is at M-S-E Socialite. Mm, excuse me. Um, so yeah, so we'll definitely do one of those uh, coming up soon because there's always so much more to talk about. We want to talk about Kate and her mom. Uh, I love the fact that Mrs. Uh, that Lady Danbury called herself a Harridan, or she said that she's not a Harridan. Um, <laughs> we'll say what that means on one of our bites. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, there's just so much more to talk about. We also have to go back to the anticipation scoring. Uh, we're going to send that over to the Bridgerton Bites on on Instagram. So Ooh, yes, find make us. a note of that. Because you know what? The montage should be added to that anticipation moments. And I'm going to add that. I'm going to add the montage from the beginning. Because that right there, ooh, that montage in the beginning of the episode, steamy, steamy, steamy. steamy. We also have to add the ring and the... Um, you like, think the ring? Because oh. the boy with the ring, when, when he's holding her hand, and that step forward, go back and watch it. When Anthony's watching her hand, he steps forward into that personal he space. He does. You got to watch it. And then obviously... And- my existence is also probably in there. Ooh, bane of my existence and object of my ooh, I swear, let a man roll up like that. Oh, it might be a wrap, y'all. Oof. So it might be a wrap. Okay, so we got those three. So like any other anticipation moments? Should we add, because you know, we didn't add, talk about the ending of this episode that really annoyed the hell out of me. Oh, maybe we should do that for Bridgerton Bite also. Because that one right there, because you were kind of list, you were kind of watching the very last part of the episode right before we came on. And I told you, I said, go ahead and mute. Because remember, I was listening in. Yes, yes, yes. While I was kind of like doing my own little stuff. And I was like, just go ahead and mute me because I don't want to hear that last Ooh, part. That because was fierce. Yes, we can come back to that. That might need its own time, to be honest. Oh, um, my God. Because we're dealing with two secrets. Okay. So just to kind of bring viewers up to speed, we're dealing with two secrets. The first secret has to do with the Sheffields, right? Which during this episode gets, gets called out mm-hmm. that. Kate had agreed to a deal with the Sheffields that's if Edwina married someone, uh, a proper English gentleman that of, of, of circumstance, uh, that Edwina would inherit the Sheffield fortune, basically be the, be the person that would inherit the Sheffield fortune. Uh, but of course, that got blown out of proportion. Anthony told them, y'all got to leave. So that's out. But that was one of the secrets. And that was one of the secrets that Lady Danbury and Kate kept going back and forth on. That was one of them. The other one was about Kate's true feelings about Anthony that are now slow, that are, you know, had been slowly building, but we can see they're there. Like that, that uh, day room scene, the nighttime. So there's a daytime day room scene and a nighttime day room day room scene it's the nighttime day room scene that really put Kate in a debacle like old girl is all messed up now because she's just like but I'm supposed to leave you know go back home to India and Anthony's just like you don't understand like I've got the Jones for you like it's serious Girl, all right. We're gonna bring this. Jones and he's Jones and stuff from brown skin though. He Jones in for some brown skin. Because yeah, yeah. ooh, Mochaccino chai chai latte. Oh, ooh, good. That chai, beautiful. Okay, let's go ahead. We gotta and wrap you know, it up. <laughs> <laughs> one up we gotta wrap this one up so crystal um that's it for us thank you for watching thank you for listening please like comment and subscribe on youtube you can find us on on twitter at crystal and mara and if you're listening please leave a review you can find us on all on on any device 
or application that you listen to your podcast. Uh, we are going to be back next week, uh, July 8th at 10 p.m. And I hope to see everyone back then. Thank you so much, Crystal. This this was that episode. I'm trying to tell you, girl. <laughs> we finally made it. So I love it.